can you can you you can obviously see Fred's trailer from where you are, right? Yes. Fred, can you hear Dan talking outside? Not with your plugs on. Oh, I'm sorry, you, you I called got, them. I got the door. <laughs> I got the doors closed, and I've got these on. So okay, no. you got your headphones if in. You then. mean without? Right. If I was just like a normal guy, and he was outside talking, could I hear him? With the door open, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, listen. Not really. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. No part of me thinks is if he, you were a normal guy. He's beside, but over and back. Did you hear me? Hmm? I'm sorry. I said no part of me. And, you know, was thinking if you were a normal guy. <laughs> Sucking on it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't have your little buds in, could you actually hear his booming voice? Probably not. I only ask because I know for, for you guys, it's all, hey, we're at the trailer, we're at the lake, but don't you have people around you that are going to be annoyed by all the yelling? In the 20 years we've been up here, nobody's been, in, well, people have been annoyed by some things, but not the... No, but, they, but you haven't yeah. been broadcasting oh, yeah, people, up there. Yeah. yeah. People have been annoyed by some things, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, some of those people are. But no, I mean, like, aren't there people like... You haven't been broadcasting for 20 years. You're sitting outside. In a few minutes' time, you're going to unleash the Dandoran super voice. Yeah. Well, next door, Andrew here is a good sleeper. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's sometimes sleeping his... Uh, He's got a, a Florida room that he sleeps in outside once in a while because it's, it's beautiful to do that. No, so it? he may at this point, but he's a pretty early riser, I think. Okay. So listen, I just want—I don't want you guys to get in trouble up there. Yeah. I will say yeah. this though. Can I tell you? I, I want to share my uh, happiness for the two of you, able to broadcast and do our show and enjoy your lake, and you know, it's pretty nice, nice little thing we've set up here. Yeah. Are you sincere about that? About your happiness for us? Why wouldn't he be? Well, I don't know. Well, that's a that's a pretty uh, ridiculous. That's a pretty rude response to my sharing a warm feeling. God, you know Dan's a very nice and pleasant man, but every so often he'll hit you with something. <laughs> that just, just rip. Oh your yeah, heart just in. absolutely. That's why I I didn't know what to yeah. say to it. I'm like, is that sincere? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Have we not yeah. met? <laughs> oh, that's right. You don't really know me after 44 years. Yeah, I, okay. Uh, let me explain. I was being sincere. I'm happy for you, mm-hmm. too. I, I see the beautiful nice. scene. You got to hang out at the, the lake. It's beautiful. Well, that's good. Good for you. You're, you're uh, <laughs> Jesus. You know, finding, finding joy in other people's joy. Yeah. Because yeah, up till up till this moment, I haven't really been. I haven't really. That's not what I'm about. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my he's, God. He's pleasant. He's reserved, and then all of God. a sudden, out of nowhere. I know. Wow. Where did that <laughs> Jesus? Come from? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm not sure. I want to continue. Oh really? Okay. Are you sincere? <laughs> so, you know what? I, I, you know, let me hear okay. this. This the next thing I'm going to say is sincere. Fuck you, Dandoran. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Your live streaming has been revoked. Got yeah. it. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dan's going to be uh, okay. Let me just put this uh, horrible incident behind us. Uh, I am okay. happy for you too. I'm big. I, th- I was yeah. telling somebody yesterday how they were asking how we do our show now, and I said, "Well, you know, we can do it anywhere." As yeah. a matter of fact, I said, Fred, sorry I wasn't including you in this uh, sentence, but now I know why, because you're an evil prick. Uh, I said, Fred gets to do uh, the show most of the time from the lake. And they thought that was a yeah. nice arrangement, Freddie. Yeah. It is a nice arrangement. 
it's a little um it's a little different for my wife because she's mere feet away and has to listen to this but other than that she doesn't normally listening to listen to you when you're uh, when you're at home no oh no I see. i'm two i'm i'm two floors down Oh, and she's right. playing Wordle. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even consider that. I for I for some reason, the way you guys were talking yesterday, I thought maybe you were going up on your own, but uh, you're up there with the doll doll. Nice. Yep, it's all good, Howie. All good. Is it? Is that sincere when you say that, or is that are you being sarcastic? <laughs> no, if Jesus. I may, I'm being honest. Yeah. If I may, if I may. <laughs> Oh, there he goes, being honest again. Yeah, that really is uh, one of the demarcations of somebody about to lie. Okay, let me, if I'm being honest with you, what? <laughs> let me be honest. Let with me you. be honest with you. Yeah. yeah everything after, uh, you know, let me be honest is usually a lie. Uh, speaking of lies, we're going to, we're going to, uh, if, you, if you have no interest, uh, at least from my standpoint, if you have no interest in the January 6th uh, committee hearings, then may, this may not be the best show for you. <laughs> so many great things. Also today on the show, Kenny Robinson uh, will be with us. He's a, a stand-up comedian, a friend of mine, guy I've known for a long time. And he hasn't been on our show for a while. He's uh, promoting some stuff, so he'll be here. Uh, what else? Uh, is that it? I think so. Yeah, that's uh, it for today's show. Kenny and Dan. Nice. Oh, and Dan's going to give us some more details of his Peterborough Players, uh, Peterborough Theater, Peterborough Theater Guild, Peterborough Theater Guild Players, (laughs) Dan, Players Bunch. Yeah. Is this one of those things where somebody asks you and you go, well, I don't really want to. And then you're talked into it. And then once you're committed. It's on your mind all the time, thinking, oh, why did I do this? Why? <laughs> well, I can't be bothered. Like, oh, jeez. No, it That type of thing? Because I find, myself, I find myself in that position quite often. What people yeah. are... Well, no, I, I was with you right up to um, when somebody's asking you to do something. No one's asking us to do anything. <laughs> Seems like a good idea at the time. No, exactly. So yeah. did you yeah. say yes, and now you're like, oh, I had no idea. I had to go to rehearsals mm. and bullshit. Well, there's a, a, a tinge of that, mm. but most mostly uh, looking forward to doing it with, uh, you know, girlfriend Lisa, mm. and I will be on the stage at the same time. So you know, it's going to be fun. It'd be kind of neat to do. So is yeah. that uh, hey, is that Lisa's uh, hoodie you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> what do <are> you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you so wearing your like girl? Because like yeah, it looks like a girlfriend you. hoodie. <laughs> And that is sincere, by the way. I'm really? sorry, Fred. Yeah. Go ahead. Comment on Well, you'll be like Brad and Angelina or, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and what's it, you know, his wife. You know, there's his wife at one time. What was her name? You know, who appear in things uh, together. Katie or something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the redhead. Anyway. Oh, well, you, that, that wife. I was thinking of the other one. Yeah. Yeah. The Eyes wide shut. Eyes, yes, yes. Dan, <laughs> Dan and his and girlfriend, Lisa. Is she in the play or the musical? Is she singing as well? Yes. I'm not doing the singing. She's what? doing the singing. I'm, no, we're, we're on the stage. To, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song as part of a, you know, a sort of a variety show of a bunch of different performers from uh, the Peterborough area. Yeah. And, and what are you doing? So, I'm uh, her gigolo. A song is this. It's a, a show tune of some sort called Arthur in the Afternoon. And I play Arthur, the gigolo. 
And and so. do you don't do they know that you're uh, an accomplished vocalist? Well, uh, that w- the song wasn't chosen for that reason. It was just I don't know. It was, it was going to be entertaining, and they thought it would be great if I did that. And that's why they. Ch- I don't know. I don't know. It was so not part at, of the, at, the selection committee. At any point, is it just your voice singing? No, no singing really? for me. No. Well, so the scenario is you're on stage with Lisa, and she's no, singing to you. This is is this the song? Yes. No longer depressed. I'm looking my best, and I'm totally in control. <laughs> and what are you doing at this point? The great. Just, I'm not even on stage at this point. Oh, okay. So you don't. You just. You're just on stage while she sings lovingly to you. Yeah, or about me mainly. Yeah. So what are you? Are you uttering any sounds at all? <laughs> <laughs> Are no. there any sounds coming well, out of your face? End, I say ouch at the end. That's so, it for me. Don't screw that up. Right. I won't. <laughs> well. And you know, it's all about, you know, movement and going around. You're oh, you're dancing. Well. You're dancing. I, I mean, yeah, positions. So, really, you're just a prop. Hang on a second. He, he, he's avoiding the answer. So you're you're just there dancing with her. You're her dancing yeah. partner. You're Basically, dancing in yeah. a musical. When yeah. did you learn to dance? <laughs> it's a very reserved. Me, I'm being positioned in various parts of the stage. I, this thing got way better for me because he's just stumbling around just like a mannequin. Yeah. No, I know. I was disappointed that he didn't sing like solo. Yeah, me but too. But I'd go just to watch him attempt to dance. <laughs> we got to see video of that. That's going to be great. Well, I've and- seen you, Dan. I've seen you at the Thanksgiving parties. You dance like me. You have the rhythm of about sixteen white guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, a long line of well, white you know, guys. With with Dan's, uh, you know, you know, with Dan, he's never dancing alone. He's always, you know, swinging it back and forth. Well, Dan, that's really fantastic, man, and that is yeah. sincere. I'm very happy for you. Oh, you thank you. Thank raising you. money for the less fortunate. <laughs> what is the uh, fundraiser for, by the way? For the Peterborough Theater Theater Guild. No, oh, the, the Peter of the Players. They, they, they haven't oh. been doing it for the Players. Yeah, they no. haven't been doing it for two years, no. and now they're back in back in action and trying to get uh, things up and running again. Well, good Sounds like a whole lot of grifting to me. Let's mm. bring Dan Duran in and that's suck right. people into giving us money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. People are going there expecting to see Dan Duran singing and performing. Well, yes. Well, it'll. I'm sure it'll be a, a lovely performance by the time we get there it'll be uh it'll be i'm sure fantastic by the time we finish rehearsing and also linda cash will be in it oh linda sure they're you know sort of notables in the area that'll be uh, showing up to do a song or two yeah you know what it is fred it's the cream of peterborough society right there right there you nailed that that's right that's right Mm -hmm. it's uh yep that's what it is um dan duran i'll tell you it'll be sold out you know It'd be a bargain at twice the price. Does it cost to get in? Exactly. How much does it get in? How much? I don't know. Or, do, I don't know. or is or is a collection plate? Twenty, thirty bucks or something. Ten. I don't know. Somewhere in there. It's a you know. Go to the website. Figure it out. Um, <laughs> also on the show. To, oh, oh, sorry, Dad. We don't mean to press you for uh, no, no, details. No, no. It's Thursday and Friday. I don't. I don't know. I'm not in charge of tickets. Now, are you sales. wearing? Are you wearing a costume? Uh, there, there is a wardrobe that's been assigned to me. And what will you be wearing? <laughs> 
I'd be wearing a uh, black Please tell shirt. me. Please tell me it's a straw hat. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Why and not? you're wearing a what? Sweatpants and a hoodie? What are, yeah. What are you wearing? Sunglasses and, uh, you know, some black. I, I don't know. So we haven't totally nailed it down, but it's more of a T-shirt look. T-shirt okay. and jeans. All right. It's kind of what I've, well, I've been assigned, yeah. If I may. Um, yes. When promoting local theater, saying... Go to the website, figure it out, isn't the best way mm. to promote it. Yeah, that seemed a All bit right. aggressive yeah. to me. Not as aggressive if, as uh, are you being sincere about your, the joy you feel for Fred and I, but pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, I really... <laughs> You're right. You were really right about him. He seems... He's very quiet, and all of a sudden, he strikes like a viper. <laughs> like a viper, yeah. Anyway, yes. Well, it's... I'm sure it, the ticket... How about this? The ticket prices are quite reasonable. I'm sure there's a few more left at this point. Go to the website. You can sign up there and find out more information and who's playing in it on Thursday and Friday. Evening. Excellent. Excellent. I, there you go. Thank you, Dan. I have a... T- you have a t- I have a Ticketmaster account. Well, can I get tickets through that? <laughs> Jesus. That would be... He doesn't know. know. I don't know. He doesn't know. Uh, By the way, speaking of Dan, Dan's put together a beautiful, along with our intern, who's been absent for a couple weeks with some cockamamie. I'm busy. Uh, He's going to be... Kyle's going to show up at the end of the show, and we will debut a new... I think this is new. Dan, the movie trailer you did for us? Uh, yeah, it's, I th- think you may have uh, played a bit of it once. Oh, oh so this uh, is... A, yeah. I, okay, well, that's. It. I need to know that by the time we you come back, because I, I thought this was new content, but it did sound like we'd already heard it, so that'll be part oh, of the yeah. issue. Yeah, well, Kyle Kyle was not here for it. You played it because he, he gave it to you. Oh, I show. see. I think you... Well, we're going to... This is in the works or something. All right, right well, we'll play it again at the end of the show, because yeah. right, well, I'll tell you what, and I'm being sincere, you do a great job. Well, on you. it okay yeah. well being honest <laughs> yeah if i'm being honest your the sincerity is fantastic yeah all right well let's uh, not waste any more of this valuable uh, airtime dan duran everybody this episode of humble and fred is being broadcast to the world from humble and fred studios in toronto brampton and from the lusty shores of lovesick lake and is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. And now here are two men who start the day with a manly pose in the mirror and realize they may need more manly. It's Humble and Fred. All right, all right. And Dan Duran time is uh, behind us. Thank you, Dan. Uh, enjoy the rest of the... Well, Dan Duran's news, of course, coming up. And as I mentioned, Kenny Robinson. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, you were right, man. You, you just never know when Dan Duran's going to strike. Like, one one second, you're just having an... I, I was about to say how happy I was for you, too, and then all of a sudden, he strikes. He's, just get you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, uh... Yeah. He, you know, he, hold, he, he holds in, and then all of a sudden... Like, <laughs> That's right. And he you're holds right, in. it's like venom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, before we uh, get into all the stuff we're going to get into, I, I just saw Netflix sent me a note based uh, about what Bill Brio was talking about yesterday, the season six of Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, the part of the problem is it's summer, and I don't really have a lot of time to watch the television. But also, I, I, again, we were talking about this yesterday. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and see where I was, what happened. Uh, well, 
Uh, it seems like a lot What's of work. What's the urgency? You can there wait, is no urgency. Wait till, sep- wait till September. No, you're right. And watch it. Um, you know, I'm going to have to watch it with subtitles, so I prepare myself for that. Like, there's there's no other way for me to watch that show without than with uh, with subtitles. I just have to do it, and, which is fine because it just takes minutes, and you don't even realize what's going on that way. You know, I didn't find it so bad. I watched another British series in the wintertime. I can't remember the name, but I watched the first 10 or 15 minutes and I thought of you and I thought, you know, oh, yeah, I can't because I couldn't understand anything that was going on. And I thought I'm too. It was too many things I missed. Yeah. And I turned them on. But it was weird because after a couple of episodes, I started getting into the rhythm of their voices in it. And I seem to be okay. What I was going to suggest, though, Freddie, before we get too far away here, let's play. Uh, let's not play. Let's have a, a little quick discussion about these fine people that have been supporting our program, Frederick. Oh, like Bodog? Yeah, Whether bro. you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And let's look at this. Tomorrow night, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. Colorado Avalanche, minus 160, a decided favor in Game 1 over the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Uh, the over-under on that is 6. All right? Six. So go to Bodog and have fun. So Colorado v. Tampa Bay, is there... Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about that? I might watch a little bit of that now that it's the finals. Although I find the fact that they're starting the Stanley Cup finals on the 15th of June a bit much, but... Well, well next year they'll be back on track. It, they said it would take a couple of years to get back on track after COVID. So when would, in a normal year, they be done... Uh, they would they would have been done by early June. Would have oh, okay. Been done by now. Oh, okay. So it's just a I COVID think it's only thing. a couple of weeks over this year. All right. Uh, Dynasty three peat Tampa Bay. Yes, no, maybe so. Uh, I don't know. I would expect Colorado to win because that team from top to bottom is so solid, and they have home ice advantage. But don't underestimate the Bolts. Eh? They call them the Bolts. Do they? Really like them. Oh yeah, that's their nickname. Don't underestimate the Bolts. They seem to be able to do what they want, when they want. Do people even remember that Colorado used to be Quebec? Yeah, because they have third jersey night in Colorado and they wear the Nordique sweaters. Come on. Oh, they do. That's yes. kind of cool. Yeah, it I is. I like actually. that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what era of the Nordique sweaters would they put on? Well, it wasn't their only one. They were the sort of pale blue with the red N or, and the hockey stick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there was only one uh, Quebec Nordique sweater edition. I've told you this but, before. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the aggravating thing. You know how the story goes. They leave in 95, and Colorado wins the Stanley Cup in 96. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Very and aggravating. Not, they, they've won more than one since 96, haven't they? Uh, I, you know what? Probably. I okay. can't remember. I'd have to look at the list. Uh, just quickly, I, I've told you the story before, though. When I came back to Canada and, and Jeff Lumby, our good friend who I was working with, took me to a, 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 an exhibition game at the Forum. Mm-hmm. First time I'd ever seen a hockey game at the Forum. And it was an exhibition game on a Saturday night between the Quebec Nordique and uh, 
uh, Canadians. And uh, it was like uh, <laughs> game seven of, a, of, a, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was unbelievable. I'd never been in an arena that made that much noise. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, says Fred Ball. Now that you're Netflix F1 fans, I got to admit, I haven't watched it in, since whenever, a couple years ago. He says, I'm sure you'll want to know all about the race coming up this weekend in Montreal. It's the first race in Canada. This is significant since 2019, pre-COVID. He says, I'm going to be at the race and we'll send you some correspondence for your fan race reviews next Monday. From our friend Fred Ball. Maybe we should cut out five minutes and get him on to give yeah. us a race. Uh, a race review or, you know, what the experience was like. A- absolutely. And, and Freddie, if you're listening, and you sh- we should send him a note because we do have some room next Monday. Yeah. Uh, and it would be cool to hear a little. I- I've actually been to the Montreal Grand Prix again at the same era when I moved to Montreal. We my one and only race experience there. It was fun. I, I will say this. I remember being in the chalet or whatever they call it, like a private air thing. We had right. listeners. Yeah. But the actual race was lost on me. Well, same here. Well, I went to one Molson Indy, and I came away thinking, because the traffic was really bad getting there, so it's like, I'm going to sit in traffic to go and watch traffic? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. No, I get it. I, and, again, I, and again, to be honest, if I can be honest, I didn't appreciate it for a variety of reasons. I, I would have a better appreciation of it now, knowing having seen Drive to Survive on Netflix, you know, uh, what these guys go through. You know, I'm like, I've made some idiotic comments over the years. Like, what's the big deal? They're just sitting there driving, you know, not thinking that they're athletes, but they are. But still the actual, and and I'm going to say this, Fred Ball or anyone listening that's an F1 fan, I say the same thing about golf tournaments. I don't think it's as effective a way to watch a tournament in person. Yeah, it's a good experience. But I had a chance to go to the Canadian Open and and I didn't take it because running around the grounds isn't, for me, you don't get... Yes, the novelty of seeing these guys up close, amazing. But I've done it enough times that I would rather see how the tournament unfolds from... And I wonder if it's the same with race fans. Well, uh, uh, car racing's good for slow people, right? Because they you just sit there and watch cars <laughs> go around in a circle. That's right. So it's a, it's a base sport for them. It's just, you know, other sports get a little more complicated. They get lost, you know. Yeah, I know that's, uh, a, I know that's a message for Fred. It's just, it's really <laughs> excellent for people like Fred, who, you know, whose pace is a bit more laid, laid back, back, yeah, more laconic, yeah. They have trouble understanding like a golf like a golf cart or what's the score of this hockey game or what's this baseball thing? What a guy's running around a diamond for? I don't get yeah, that. Yeah, so that's right. It's very good for very slow adults. That's yeah. what your point is. Mm-hmm. Just zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> but I like the red car. Here it comes. Red car, good. Yay, red car. Is that what you're saying? That's your impression? This is it. Yeah, eh? okay. Yeah. I say, hey, listen, I'm going to go along with it. You know, I love, I love your humor. Uh, but back to the idea of seeing a race in person, I again, I would be interested to hear what Fred has to say, because you basically are static there and you're watching it unfold, but you don't see the, I don't know, maybe you do, but you see the whole, you can't see the whole track because they're in and out of, you know, different corners and turns and such. But anyway, I've often thought, and we'll ask him that as a, as a motor racing fan, what is Watching like an oval where you can see the entire race all the time or, you know, a street course where, as you say, uh, you know, cars, your favorite or the leaders disappear for segments of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and the same with a golf tournament. If you were at 
St. George's on Sunday and you weren't following the final group, which would be difficult given that there was 10,000 people following them. I don't know if you saw that scene at the end where they let the crowd come up, and and we talked about that. You you asked me about the etiquette of it. But uh, if you weren't watching them, and you were, say, on some other part of the course, like all of the the excitement of the event was going on where you couldn't see it. Yeah. Uh, At those golf tournaments, do they have, like, big screens? Yes. Say if I'm at the 14th and something big happens on the 18th, I can see what happened, that type of thing? Or no? I, I say yes, but not on every hole. Like, they probably have mm-hmm. them on certain holes of significance or toward the end. But, you know, if you're – it's just not the best way. Like I, I went to the Masters once, and it was great. We we, we all went – actually, I went down with a, a group of listeners when we were at Standard. I went there on the Saturday, and it was enjoyable. It was amazing. But I enjoyed watching the tournament the next day from home because I now had a perspective of what the course looked like in, in person. But but na- nowadays, like with my Rogers Ignite, um, I could be on the course and watching the coverage on my phone. Yeah, for sure. No, I know. So that's an option, too. Uh, I have a little golf story for you later on the show if we, if we get to it. Um, but we've got about 20 minutes before Kenny signs on. Uh, I don't know how to start this other than to say, like, you've said it this way. I've said it this way. We've continued to say it over and over again. If after all people have seen, if after yesterday's testimony, you still support, and I mean these Canadian dweebs that we know, and if you still think there's something of worth with this man, there, there's a real, there's a problem there. There's something's wrong with you. I actually feel a little bit sorry in a weird way for some of the people that support him, not the, not the people around him, but I'm talking about the average American that has been taken in by this con man. I kind of feel sorry for them because they're giving them all this money, two hundred and fifty million dollars. You and I talked about this, by the way. At the at the in uh, in the fall of 2020, we we spoke about his website and how much money they were raising. And but if if you didn't if you saw anything yesterday and could still support what this guy did to his audience to his followers, you know it's pretty it's pretty bizarre. And you've got some. You were telling me you were watching it on Fox and they were commenting after. Yeah, I was surprised because Fox wasn't going to cover it, but I think it. Well, it's such a huge event in the history of the country that how do you ignore it? But then you present it and then you spin it. And that's what they've decided to do. So they showed the coverage. And then, of course, afterwards, they poke holes in the process. Mm -hmm. That's that's their tact. But, you know, Freddie, they didn't show the coverage Thursday night. No, no, I know they didn't. So somebody made the decision that we should do this. Um. And then, again, so they're attacking the process. It's all one-sided, which is laughable, because these are all Republicans that are going after their guy. These, these, are, these are good, solid, patriotic Americans that are putting the country first. And there, there's no other way to look at it. They are. It, it got to the point, because you can see it. Some of them bought in maybe at the beginning to the level of, well, let's, okay, Okay, Mr. President, we'll have a look at this. Yeah. You know, if you're that obsessed, of course, we'll have a look at it. There might be something there. But when they continuously come back and say there's nothing there, we've tried. Listen, 
we want to help you, but we can't, buddy. There's just absolutely nothing there. And then, you know, this money thing is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, was that the sole purpose? Is that the sole purpose of, of, of continuing the big lie, the grifting? Well, I, I mean, are you asking that rhetorically or you, do you want me well, to comment? Yeah, because, you know, it's just so bizarre and we don't know what financial trouble he's in. Was yeah. it like, okay, listen, there's nothing there. But if I say there is and we continue this on, um, it's a good way to make a couple hundred million bucks in the meantime. Okay, well, here's my question back to you. He's not he's not the only one that would be involved in making those kind of decisions. Oh, of course not. Right. You know, I mean, and as far as the, you know, I, I listen, the right, and, and you said something yesterday too, I thought about after the show, because it sort of echoed something that I've said er, er, in earlier times. What you said was, you know what? We're never going to get the satisfaction of the Republican party and Kevin McCarthy going, Oh yeah. Okay. You were right. <laughs> and it's similar to what I said there that, you know, I, I kept for a while there, I kept opening up Twitter, hoping you'd finally see this guy get his, you know, his justice or, you know, that there would be a, 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 a conclusion of sat- a satisfactory conclusion. But I think now, that there will be because Merrick Garland, I was on watching this last night, later, later in the evening on CNN, is the, the, he's the attorney general. He's the, he was what Bill Barr, he is what Bill Barr was for Trump. And he was saying, we're watching this closely because there are, it's no longer a political thing. There are legal, there were laws that were broken the cut and dried laws are not like a bipartisan opinion laws. There are laws that were broken, not the least of which will be fraud, which would be ironic because this guy's been a fraud his whole life. Have I mentioned I've read some books about him? He's been a fraud his whole life. And, and prior to the election saying if he loses, it was rigged. That's him in a nutshell. That's all you ever need to know about Donald Trump is the world's worst loser. You know, to take this to the end, there's a dimension to this that has to be considered. You talk about Merrick Garland. They indict Donald Trump. And what's going to happen on the streets with all these Trump losers and the militias and the Proud Boys? That's something they're going to have to think about. Because the reaction is going to be swift and strong. Not by a lot, but by some key people. And listen, you can't be afraid to bring justice to the land if uh, uh, you can't be afraid of the reaction. But it's something they're going to have to consider. Yeah, I know. Listen, if they did January 6th, what are they capable of? Of all of a sudden one day uh, Donald Trump is arrested or he's indicted or it looks like he could be suffering some level of consequence. You know, Steve Bannon yesterday on his podcast went, was going crazy. He was threatening Garland. Saying, you indict Donald Trump, and you will be impeached. We're taking over in November, and you will be impeached. It's really, it, it, it's got to that level where a guy like Steve Bannon, you know, he's, he, he doesn't care about the testimony. He doesn't care about the evidence. He doesn't care about what happened or the consequences of what could have happened that day. It was very close to being something spectacular, actually. Um, but they don't care about that. All they care about is self-interest. So 
the point being, if Donald Trump is held to account on some level, what's the reaction going to be? Uh, well, great question. I, I would also put it back to you in this in the form of a question. Mm-hmm. If they all knew, Trump knew, his campaign manager knew, scholars knew, lawyers knew, really smart people knew. And Steve Bannon, don't kid yourself, is a smart guy. He knows and he, he knew he knows yesterday what he was saying. What is that? What is in it for them? What I and, and guess what? I want to follow up by saying, again, this is a bit rhetorical. What version of America would they all like to see that they're not seeing? Because that's what sort of worries me. Like what's behind? You know, there's a, a phrase I've heard recently. What's the thought behind the thought? So all those things you and I have just said in the last ten minutes. My question is, okay, behind all of that, whether it's money or power political or not i ask you sir what um, what version are they would they re- what what do they really want i know that your short answer is going to be no brown people and, and gays and, and non-christians but really what what is steve bannon what's the skin in the game for these guys that's the america they want and if they get that america money will come with it because it's control but you see the Guys like Bannon, yeah, they're smart guys, and they're organizing this, and they're arranging it, and they're doing, you know, they're connecting all the dots to get where they are. And let's be honest, I mean, they got a guy elected, and when he lost an election, they made a quarter of a billion dollars. So, the money's easy. It's just, it's the type of country that they want. And a guy like, you know, hey, Vladimir Putin, he's probably a smart guy. Was Adolf Hitler a smart guy? There's all sorts of ruthless, vile people, traditionally, that have been smart people, but they use it in the wrong way. And I think that's what you're seeing here. But to to your point about, you know, Putin and Hitler and other despots and Mm -hmm. uh, oligarchs and whatevers, um, they have, but they had a very clear vision. Like, they had the vision. And, And the thing is, Trump doesn't have any vision. Well, that's what I mean. There are smart people when you because when we talk about it's and and it's by the way, it's more than 250 million. Okay, no, that's the number they're throwing around. But I guarantee Mm -hmm. you there's been other Mm -hmm. because it's that's the 250 uh, that he raised. Think about all the money, all the other Republicans. And maybe I'm answering my own question. What their what vision of America they're getting out of it is because you think about every Republican, whether it's Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene, name them all. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, they're all in on the grift because the reason they don't want to lose Trump is he's good for them raising money from, sorry, sad, stupid people. Do you know what I mean? It's the same grift that the televangelists are running. No, I understand that. But again, uh, I'll get back to that simple answer. So how do you get 75 million votes? How did he get 75 million votes? I'll bet you almost to a person, those 75 million people, in their heart, they're dark. They want their country back. The seed of it is white supremacy. So even if Donald Trump and Steve Bannon, when they get in power, that's not their number one priority. To get there, they use that people through that method. Because as you said to begin this, 
after seeing what you've seen, how can you still support the guy? How do you still support him? Because at the very base, you like the America he wants, and you don't care how he gets it. That's the way I look at it. But if you're an intelligent person, whether you're... Well, you can see... Let me start again. You can see the intelligence of someone like Bill Barr. Now, there were some points made last night. I was watching Laura Coates doing her 9 o'clock show now on CNN for a few minutes. And, and then they, and they had a panel, and, and they all they made some interesting points, one of which was they all went along with it right up till the end. And, it, and at some point, it just got too much for even those people like Barr and, and Sipion or whatever his name is and others that supported Steve Miller. They, they, they went along with this ride for some time. And as I said in the panel last night, maybe longer than they should have because they thought, well, maybe they could be the counterbalance to this lunatic. But they're smart people. And, and even though they, like as Barr said, there was no evidence on election night, Trump started talking about this. Well, he ta- started to talk about the fraud 20 months earlier. But on election night, he started talking about ballots and fraud. And as Barr said, long before there was even any the voting had even stopped. So this somebody hatched this plan in Trump's brain a long time ago. And of course, Trump, no matter how many people told him it wasn't stolen. And that's what I think ultimately is going to be hard for this party to spin is that they're going. There are facts that show that this man knew that it wasn't stolen and he kept on saying it was. That's really the basics of all of this for me. But the problem is the influencers like Steve Bannon and Alex Jones is whacked out as those guys are. And again, a high degree of intelligence. It's yeah. just mis- it's misused intelligence. Steve Bannon yesterday on his podcast, or, you know, it's a video podcast as well, looks in the camera and says Donald Trump won the election. It was stolen from him. He said that yesterday. So he's talking to people he knows want to hear that. The people that give them money. The people that in 2024 will vote for Donald Trump. He said that that yesterday? Yes. And here's the thing. I told you, they're doing the math. Every day they're doing the math. How many of those people are out there that if we get to them are going to give us a chance to win the election? But as I've said before, and this could happen in Canada with this Poliev guy, what they have to worry about is the people you just referred to as the normal, intelligent people. If I'm if I'm sort of a centrist Republican, at what point is like, yeah, I like this Donald Trump guy to a point, but now he's lost me. That's what they have to worry about. And the wackier it gets, probably the more precarious it will be with that segment of of, uh, of the electorate. But they're they're just he's going forward. So it's it's shocking. It is shocking. Um, it is shocking because it's what you said at the beginning too. If you watch that yesterday, it's like how do we? You know, it's this isn't hearsay. This is what happened, and these are Republicans saying it. But, you know, and I, again, I've said this a, a few times, as have, as have you. One of the greatest things, if you can admire, if I can use that word, if you, if you look back, what, what Donald Trump has done, and, and again, Bannon was part of this, mm-hmm. what Donald Trump has done is made everything, because I was about to list a whole bunch of facts and how much this person was paid and blah, blah, blah. But what, when facts no longer matter... 
you know, it's part of the uh, Third Reich, you know, uh, the Final Solution Handbook, which is, you know, say a lie basically enough times, whether it doesn't matter. And the bigger the lie, the better. Say it enough times and it becomes truth. And what happens is people sort of lose their energy to debate whether it's true or not anymore. Like we're having this conversation. uh, Other people are as well about this outrageous thing that happened on January 6th, 2021. But a lot of the, what Republicans are counting on is most people are, you know, fix and as rightly fixated on inflation and gas prices and not feeding their families. So that's what, that's how they're going to spin and win this thing is it people are, people have lost their energy, but the, the Democrats are sort of like, yeah, but we need to make this point that you can't have a president fraudulently try and steal an election or what or we're just a fucking shithole country well this is what we're going to learn about america because if nothing else i heard this point made yesterday for the democratic party there's so many great sound clips from this for the next election if you 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 believe the if you believe in truth Yes. No, but you're talking about getting the message out to people because they're preoccupied. But running up to the 2024 election, when the Democrats hopefully will have a new, fresh, young candidate yeah. with some vibrancy, when you run those spots of Bill Barr saying the things he has said, people are going to see it. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to. Well, Kenny's about to join us here, a uh, friend of ours, Kenny Robinson, who is uh, not only a very fun fine comedian but also uh, a guy that's originally from america he's been he's been watching all this like the rest of us so maybe he'll uh hang out with us and talk a little bit of uh, u.s politics first let's just say can you hear me kenny yes can you see me and hear me yeah baby excellent uh i'm not sure if you caught any of fred and i just breaking down what's going on in america uh, and, and listen, this Typical show... Typical lefties hoping that they're going to be able to put Trump away with this thing. Well, I was just going to... You know, wishful thinking. I, I was going to say, one of the weirdest things I heard yesterday, I don't know if you guys heard this, was they asked uh, AOC, hey, if Biden runs again, and I'm like, what? I didn't even want to hear her. Aunt. Biden runs again for what? And she Biden sort of, is like, when, you know, when a baseball team is rebuilding and they bring up that veteran that had a great <laughs> career and he's got maybe one or two seasons left. Exactly. Waiting for the youngster to come up from the minors. Well, they call him fillings. Biden was a fillin. Like he said, he ran because there was nobody else to do the job. Yeah, mm-hmm. but dude, they're, he's talking about, uh, and that's a, I, I can't believe that. I mean, I, we're no. all, hey, Ken, the three of us are all, got, we've all gotten older. And I, I don't listen, I know a few 78-year-olds. Uh, I don't know that I want them running the free world. <laughs> well, they usually do one way or the other. It doesn't matter Sorry. if it's in the boardroom or in some deep cave uh, underground that the rest of us will never know about, you know, or maybe not 78. Maybe they, they take the, 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 the controls away from the man behind the curtain at maybe 65 or 70. But, you know, politics is, you know, the, the, the leaders of the free world, for the most part, tend to be older guys. Yeah, I know. I know, but 70, listen, I don't know what Trump, what age Trump will be, but uh, I like what you said. I I hope he's a fill-in. When he was running, Fred and I both said, like, listen, he's a nice man, but it's like, I don't, I wouldn't want my grandpa. But the Dems didn't have anybody better to push forward. I know. And what are you going to do? Are you going to go with Bernie? 
how much younger is he then? You know, and no way is America ever going to embrace Bernie's u- utopian socialism. No, you more. know that's you know. I mean, in fact, uh, I get WGN out of Chicago because that's where I grew up, and uh, and you, the campaigns are incredible. It's like this man has been a liberal his entire <laughs> life. That's right. And it's like ooh, it's like liberal equals pedophile. I mean, you know, they just it's just liberal is enough to sink your boat for them to call you that. And then there's a guy like Pete Buttigieg who was, you know, seemed to be young and with it, but they're never going to hire, they're never going to elect a gay guy. America's not ready for that. I'm not sure. And you know what? And despite all the, you know, the excitement they had about, you know, the the first black Indo Mm -hmm. woman vice president, she said nothing. She's been nowhere. We've seen nothing Mm -hmm. of her. So it isn't like as if she's going to move in there and be the savior of the Democratic Party. Um, what, what I said to Fred before, just before you signed on, I'm not sure if you heard it. The, the, one of the most, inc- like, there's an old thing, you know, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. It's an old line from a song, but the, the thing, I, I think the greatest trick that Donald Trump, the, the great con man, the greatest thing he's pulled is this idea that news is fake and, and that sometimes that, that, that information can be faked and and oh, the imprint the whole expression well, that's what i'm saying like that to me once you can debate the truth and the election is a great example of that no matter how many facts have come out in the last two hearings a section of that population is going to look at that like oh well here they go it's another donald trump witch hunt and in a weird way it's almost like that's fucking brilliant well the thing is the people that don't like trump will never understand why the people that embrace him do. Okay. You know, um, you know, when Obama, uh, you know, legalized gay marriages and had the White House uh, rainbow. Well, you know, while the rest of us were clapping, there were people whose guts were churning and they're going, never again. We can't have this happen. Um, you know, it's become um, a battle of identity politics. So, you know, like I said, watching this WGN out of Chicago, you know, you get these people that are running for uh, Congress or governor. They've taken prayer out of our schools and yet boys can play on female teams. So they're going, yeah, what's with all this transgender stuff? So everybody who doesn't embrace that. You know, they support Donald Trump. They don't care about your facts. The fact is, they don't want any more of this what's happening. Yeah, I see that. While we were laughing at at, uh, swamp people and we were laughing at uh, 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 dynasty ducks, they were coming together because they had a black president in office and everything that could make it, you know, the worst dreams could come true were coming true underneath him. Yeah, and that's yeah. why they'll do everything no. to make sure it doesn't happen again. Look no. at the gerrymandering they're doing in all these different states. Well, yeah, you nailed it. I, I was saying before you came on, how did he get 75 million votes? That's how they no, spoke to those people. Yeah. And you know what, Kenny, how many of that 75 million? It was probably the first time they ever voted. Yep. 
it was enough. A black president, all the transgender, homosexual stuff was enough that, hey, I've never voted before, or I rarely vote. I'm going to vote this time because I want that to stop. I and, totally and agree. Now my that. vote's about something. No, and, was, and, and, and just let me comment on what Fred said. Not it may, may it may have been their first time, some of them, but and and I would say there's a percentage of that turnout that. To, I think and that didn't care for Trump really. They thought he was a bit of a doofus, and maybe they had some problems with him personally. But because yeah. his agenda lined up with theirs, and 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 not to be lost, because they were so as what Kenny said, sort of like the there was the backlash for having a black president. Well, the next one was going to definitely be more of our. He was going to be more of our guy, the white supremacist, the Proud Boys, the the Jews will not replace us guy. The Jews have replaced me. <laughs> like, you know, it's so funny when that came out. I had this joke. We'll get to comedy in a second. One one of the things I, I was doing, I was on stage a couple of weeks later. And I said, "Let me get, let me I've got news for you. The Jews don't want to fucking replace you at the bowling alley. We're not all these guys marching. We're not replacing you." The and Jews North- have removed me. <laughs> they, they like you to leave their bowling alley, sir. Oh, that's funny, <laughs> Kenny Robinson and I have known each other since somewhere in the middle 80s. I was starting out at Yuck Yucks. And Reagan was still president. <laughs> That's right. We were, we were making Reagan jokes. I was on the road for the very first time, and I've, I've told the story but quickly. The very first time I was ever on the road for as a Yuck Yucks comic, I just got signed, and I did a little mini tour of Alberta with Kenny Robinson and the fucking legendary Wayne just Fleming. Just Wayne Fleming. And these two guys were just a little bit older than me and sort of took me under their wing. And it was quite the fucking education, Kenny. In I wasn't fact, that much older than you. I'm no. only 64. How old are you? I'm 62. But yeah, you, see, I love it how it makes me sound like I was I like know, me you know, too. 25 years older no, than no, everybody. I but, was just in the game longer. But uh, yeah, you've been only, you were just a little bit ahead of me, and uh, you kind of took me, <laughs> you guys took me under your wing, and it was uh, it was a funny couple of weeks. But what, what it was good for me too was not only did I learn a little bit about the organization, when I would come to Toronto, I had an ally in Kenny, and you couldn't ask for a better guy to vouch for you. In fact, Kenny and a couple other guys showed up the very first time I, I worked the uh, downtown club. I was headlining, and Kenny uh, asked to, he came to support me, and I was headlining on a Wednesday night. It was just a, it's a Wednesday night. You just do a sort of a shorter set, and he said, hey, I'm just going to go up before you. I'm like, yeah, dude, go and do it. <laughs> he fucking, he goes up there and does about 10 or 12 minutes of this really funny but super raunchy stuff and I'm sitting there back like sitting backstage thinking I don't think my little funny Jewish guy from the prairie observations are going to be able to follow this storm of I don't know what it was, but it was a great education, and you know. But you were just leaving the kids show then, weren't you? I was. I was just leaving a switchback. I was doing a kids show on CBC, and yeah, we, we couldn't go anywhere without teenagers approaching us, and I think that was one reason why Fleming embraced me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so here we are, all these years later, and and uh, there's a couple things that like Kenny and and my our friend Darren Frost, who's going to be with us next week, are, are doing a series of shows. They've been at it for a long time, and finally, Rank and Vile, Rank and Vile are coming back to Ontario after quite an absence. Just kind of explain a little bit of that concept. And I, I want to cover a couple things with Kenny today. One is that. The other one is, you know, the idea of comics being fucking slapped in the face on stage. And then uh, we can maybe finish it off with some of the uh, the uh, your observations from doing this Nubian show for so long. Well, we'll start with uh, what's going on with you and Frost. Okay, well, we've been doing Rank and Vile, I don't know, maybe five years now. Basically... Uh, Darren and I fall into uh, into a, a 
bracket where we're called blue or dirty or filthy or what have you. But um, neither of our acts are the same. So Darren is a, is a, is a great hustler. He's a fantastic booker and, and, and promoter. So he said, well, why don't we go out and do our own shows? Because basically, um, like I said, I, I've been put out the pasture for the most part uh, years back. You know, I was told I was too old for their demographics and too edgy for corporates. So I'm going, gee, I guess that means I'm old and edgy. Kind of like that <laughs> gunslinger you wish that would leave town, you know? So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So uh, so we've been doing our shows and, uh, you know, this we, we did uh, we, we did five weeks um, recently where we started off on the East Coast and we wound up finishing in um, in B.C., and, uh, you know, um, it was like with the, uh, with the vaccine mandates and the mask and we we're going out in the areas where people were never going to wear masks and and uh, haven't had a chance to write it yet. But our last week or 10 days of touring um, uh, uh, B.C., it seemed like the further into B.C. we went, the more uh, Canadian flags we'd see, but they're getting smaller and the signs that Trudeau was a traitor are getting bigger. And I was hearing uh, Dixie a lot more in my head. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was just, um, (laughs) it was, you know, it it was, it was almost a throwback to the eighties. Yeah. You know, it's like, start the car up. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Anyway, um, we're doing our first time rank and file will be performing in Toronto and that's happening uh, July 8th uh, and that's at the rec room and that's exactly what we're going to do we're going to wreck that room but uh, we, we got to have people in there it's also going to be a CD slash album that tells you how old I am yeah exactly um, you know uh, we're, we're recording uh, an album that night as well so, um, you know, there's always been going, Kenny, when are you going to be in Toronto? When are you going to, I don't mean when you're hosting your show, but when are you going to be doing, well, we'll be doing our show July 8th uh, at the rec room. That's when we'll be in Toronto. People always ask that. When are you going to be? And then when we're there, they go, I didn't know. Well, now we're telling you, we've been telling you and uh, it's time for you to listen. And uh, I was, uh, a pra- Darren asked me, so do you want to do a spot or do you want to host? I said, dude, I would love to host that show. That's going to be fun. Uh, I haven't done, I've been doing some stand-up, you know, last few years I've been doing some sets around town, but uh, mostly I do some corporate stuff. I've got a corporate gig next Monday, and I'm thinking, what can I do on the Rank and Vile show? I don't really, you know, because I'm not as rank or vile. Do whatever you want. I know, That's but I was going to say, I've got enough stuff that I think will be, a, you know, some edgier stuff, but I can't wait to see Look you. Look at the life you've lived, Howard. <laughs> so, okay. by the way, I want to mention, too, that Dave Martin's on the show. So it's me, Dave Martin, very funny local comic. Uh, nationally, and uh, Shannon Laverty, Shannon, perhaps all, the funniest woman in the country. So funny, and it's going to be a great show. So, just if you want Makes tickets, sense. this is important. On the the eighth of July, first time in a long time, these guys are in town. Uh, where do we go? I'm, and this, we're not wrapping you up. I just want to make sure in this segment we get out where you're, uh, where we're going to be able to get tickets. Do you know? Uh, what's that thing called? Jesus, I am looking at something here right now. Um, well, you know what, Kenny? Event, Eventbrite or something Eventbrite, like that? Eventbrite, okay. Yes. Yeah. Also, I should mention that there's a special, uh, there's a special, tickets are $20, but for Humble and Fred listeners only, you can get tickets for $15. Wow. 
Yeah, so I think there's a link. Frosty should make sure it's up. Well, Frost but, will be here Monday, so we'll get all the deets from him as well. Right. Um, we're all talking about, you know, after the Academy Awards, everyone was talking about, you know, is this going to be, you know, a now open season on comedians? Uh, I told the story of having somebody throw something at me several times. You know, once it happened in Hamilton, a woman threw a fucking nail at me. What about you? I mean, you're a... You're a, um, a, a non-white comedian in Canada in the 80s and 90s, traveling across the land like we all did. Any, any incidents in your experience, and what do you think about... Well, comedy, this is nothing new. It's just the first time, I think, that an Academy Award-winning Award actor has slapped uh, uh, one of the uh, top three comics in the business uh, during an awards show. But it's nothing new. Um, every time, I mean, when you think about it, uh, comics, we say things by nature that some people are not going to find funny or not going to agree with or not going to appreciate. And where do we usually perform? In a room full of drunks. And usually, <laughs> to add to it... Uh, um, the venues and the management of these places have not felt uh, uh, necessary to hire adequate security. So if you have no security and you have alcohol and you have dimwits that have been fed alcohol, there's a very good chance that you're going to get attacked. And it's nothing new. I mean, fortunately, because of my size, um, I haven't had uh, many incidents over the years, but there's been close calls. And there's there's been times when I thought I had to pack something with me. And, uh, you know, but fortunately, Frosty's had things thrown at him a couple of times. Oh, yeah, Frost, for sure. (laughs) Fucking A, he has. But you you talk about then. What about now? Are you at all intimidated now? Like even in the writing process, when you're writing, are you thinking differently than maybe years ago, given the new atmosphere? You know, uh, I say, well, there's no need to say anything cruel about your ex. And plus, there's so many exes now. So um, the list is too long. I've matured, but. A perfect example. When I went out west, I, uh, you know, I was I, I'm, I was pro mask, pro vaccine, and you know, my opening joke is, uh, you know, I'm overweight, I'm over sixty, I've got diabetes, I've got blood pressure problems. I'm the reason you folks haven't been able to leave the house for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so coming straight out at that, and you know, and and how I, I you know, when I, I I still wear a mask, I live in a high rise, I get into the elevator, people without masks get on. So you know what I do I, I without a mask on but i cough i cough and i let them worry if my mask really works or not that's funny so you know when you've got you know so when you go into a place that was anti-mask to begin with and you can't blame them because when you drive where they live they're like five miles from their neighbor right, so right. social distancing was done by them 50 years ago no but i think what fred's asking and i'm curious too because sometimes you know when i start to think about okay what bit am i going to do or should i even go down this road anymore do you find because i know we worked in this when i when when i when we met we worked in an era where we never even considered really who we were going to offend because it, it wasn't part of the culture. But now, do oh, you, I offended everybody? Back no, I, I know, but in a different mm-hmm. way. Like obviously, and we and we said things on stage in the eighties. Even me, that I don't know that I would say now. But do you find yourself having to sort of self-edit on the way to something? No, because what I write is what I write. And I'm not what, you know, I was never, you know, I've, I've grown out of any period where I may have just said something for the sake of getting a rise. Right. So, you know, I'll stand behind anything I say. 
And, you know, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm not 20 years old and, and you know, drinking, uh, uh, you know, brown liquor for the first time. I have an idea of that, you know, words hurt and the effect. And, you know, um, to me, it's to, to keep what is truth to me and is honest and real to me and, and keep it funny. All right. So that maturity you speak of, maybe something you would have said years ago, you wouldn't say now, but it's not so much the reaction of what you might get through the woke society. It's more just maturity. Well, I like to say they canceled me back in 89. They were just (laughs) too kind to tell me. So, you know, I'm not worried about. But I I like what Mm -hmm. you said. I want to I want to comment on that, too, Ken. And I feel that way now uh, more and more when I'm on stage that. I think this is funny. I know what's funny. And even if you don't think it's funny, I think it's true to me. And yeah. and, and you can defend that. Like, I, I love that sentiment. And, I, and I, I don't know if you've seen the Carlin documentary yeah. yet. Uh, but a lot of what he was getting into in his later years, and a lot of people didn't think it was as funny, but Car- it, was tr- it was truth to him. Yeah. And he didn't give a shit if you if you thought it was funny anymore. He'd, he'd long past caring if the audience did, but he was speaking his truth, Fred. Well, and uh, the Chappelle and the transgender stuff. I mean, he he continues on with that. I know. And I often wish he'd find a different hill to die on. I know. Me well, that, too. this is that. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, do, what's the point in that? From your perspective. Well, I don't think it's so much transgender as him pushing back, you know, from the from the pushback that he's getting, Mm -hmm. you know. So, um, you know, I mean, is it is it the truly vicious, hateful uh, material that uh, some make up to be? But like he says, um, everybody can be, you know, um, nobody's protection, you know, protecting blacks when we're, you know, when we're the brunt of a joke. You know, like when he said when he left when he left his deal with a TV show. Well, you can't say that, but uh, but you say the you say the N word. So, well, I ain't that either, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, um, but Chappelle happens. Beautiful thing about Chappelle, you know, he walked away from all that money, but he always knew that all he ever had to do from that point in his life on was to go into a town like Toronto, take over the Danforth Music Hall for one night or two nights, and he's got his mortgage. Yeah. No, he that's knew right. that then, and now it's not even the Danforth Hall, you know, it's, he can it's take the, over uh, Scotiabank, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to remind you, Buffalo's of, tickets last week sold out in five minutes. Wow. They gave all the, and, and the proceeds uh, went to the victims of the of the, uh, of the shooting. Mass shooting. I, I, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I, I love Chappelle. Bag here. Yeah, I love <laughs> Chappelle. I admire him as an artist. I can say that. I just wish that because I don't know if you saw recently they had this thing on Netflix where they inducted uh, Richard Pryor into this comedian's hall and Chappelle did the induction. And I think Chappelle sees himself as sort of the heir apparent to Pryor and, yeah. and making a stand. I, I, I'm interested that you said that because I think I because I admire him, I wish he would move on from it because eventually it's going to tarnish his legacy because this isn't an argument he can win. I don't I, I just think that I don't think this is an argument he can win. I don't know if it's about tarnishing his legacy because it's like, you know, it's like he just gave uh, between anywhere between a half a million and a million and a half dollars to the victims of the of the shooting in Buffalo. So with, you know, how 
ain't shit he can say that's going to tarnish that. You know, when they had the troubles in uh, in Ohio and he did, you know, and he raised funds for different organizations and Black Lives Matter and stuff. So the stuff he does is not going to be tarnished. His fans are not going to turn from him. It's, and, yeah. you know, so and, and who else matters except for the people that are your fans? And isn't he a lot like Carlin? He doesn't care at this point. You know, yes. uh, you wear Carlin, Howard, where you said where Carlin went, a lot of people were going, wow, he just seems bitter and uh, unhappy and nasty. But he didn't care. He wanted to make that point. And I guess that's where, where Chappelle's at as well. All right. Plus, let's- when he had guys like uh, like Cheech Marin saying mm-hmm. that, you know, he's he's no longer relative. No, he's I know about peace. You know, I, I love. By the way, I love. That was one thing I didn't know about Carlin. I freaking love that part because it's such a comics thing where he's like, "You think I'm finished? Watch out, motherfucker! Because here I'm coming." And that's such a competitive. I love that part where he's like, like when he woke up and he looked up and he saw what Sam Kinison was doing. Exactly. Speaking of which, you worked with Chris Rock. You've worked with Kinison. Chappelle. You you know Chappelle. You worked with me. No, I'm just kidding. Um. I've worked with some of the greatest. <laughs> That's right. Um, let me ask you quickly because I want to talk a little bit at the. I, I don't want to. I want to take a little time before we're done to talk about the show that you've been producing in this city for so long. And I, I so admire this, and I've never. I don't know if I've told you this. I just think it's fucking awesome. But uh, what's your experience? Give us a couple quick stories of Rock Chappelle Kinison, whatever you want to choose, and then we'll wrap this thing up with the uh, Nubian show. Well, let's see. Um, the, the first time I got the cover of Time, uh, Time, of uh, Time, Wish. Uh, yeah. First time I got the cover of uh, Now Magazine. It was after I opened for uh, Chris Rock at the, uh, I believe it was the Phoenix, and uh, the promoters did not promote, and they had to train change it to a smaller venue, and they advertised them as the black guy from Saturday Night Live. So that was that. That's what the advertising said. Meanwhile, he had just been fired from Saturday Night Live. And um, it was basically this, that show uh, was the second um, jolt that I needed to know that I could put on a, uh, a urban centric or black comedy show mm-hmm. because the audience I had was the second time having a predominantly black audience. So I was able to talk about um, uh, uh, police profiling and the O.J. Simpson trial and all these things that are happening, um, you know, uh, with the black community. You know, it's like when the police would pull over somebody and said um, the suspects uh, had a Jamaican accent. So mm. then they pull over six or seven cars and I go, well, how can you tell the guy's got an accent when he's in a different car? Do you read their lips? You look like he said Bamba <laughs> You know, so how did you decide they had an accent enough for them to become a suspect? Uh, Dwight Drummond, the newscaster outside of George's Chicken over there on uh, 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 over, over near the uh, uh, Wells, uh, Sherburn, they put uh, him and his buddies stopped to get chicken and they pulled him over at gunpoint and made him lay down on the cement. You know, so the whole thing is like they were, you know, used to be you used to get pulled over for driving while black. Now it's driving while having chicken. Get away from that <laughs> wing. You know, it's good for you. So and of course, the audience howled. And whereas before I was getting some resistance in some of the mainstream rooms. So it was working with Paul Mooney. It was working with uh, ship uh, with, uh, with with Chris Rock that told me that I had a voice that needed to be heard uh, speaking to, uh, to that, uh, to those issues. And then I found there are other young black comics that were trying to get their, their foot in the door. And, um, 
I was the only comic that was in a position to try and push the door open. So it really was a matter of not me who. So, um, you know, they, they, I mean, it's, uh, you know, sometimes I kind of, I'm kind of resentful of that whole thing. It's like, well, you know, I was one of the best comics in the country before the Nubian show. Yeah. But uh, what I've done is uh, I've I've, uh, I've opened the door for so many others to come through. So I guess but, that's going to so, be my legacy. So what to be to be and for sure it will. But to be clear, what what we're talking about is lots of you know people put on shows all the time. There's themes and there's the show. It runs for a couple of years and then it peters out and you know people move on. The show that Kenny's been doing, he's been producing. It's called the Nubian Disciples. And actually, the original name was wasn't it the Nubian Disciples of Prior? Yes, but we didn't want to. We didn't want to get any legal action from his ex-wife or his widow. So it's. So. Been, it's. But my point is, it's been on for how many years? Well, Twenty-seven. Been, but let's take twenty-seven years. Okay, no, but think about that. Once a, once a month at Yuck Yucks for twenty-seven yeah, years. This guy has been putting on a show, opening doors for black comics, people of color, men and women. And and I gotta tell you, man. When I, I was at the club a couple months ago, and I was, I think I was emceeing, and I said, oh, "Don't forget, Kenny's show is coming up uh, next Sunday." And I thought to myself, you know, that's just remarkable to me, especially knowing how hard it is to keep a show going. You know, it's like Fred and it I have done harder now because there's so many shows happening. Absolutely, now. I was going to so say, many it's comics like, are breaking off and booking their own thing. Kenny, it's, I don't want to flex here, but Fred and I have, are entering our 11th year of doing a podcast. That's like fucking Marconi times. You know, that every, wasn't easy for you guys. No, but everyone has. Everyone can do a couple of podcasts, but you do. We we're, we just passed. I don't know a couple thousand of them. Yeah. It, it's similar to what you've done. You've kept that show going. If you haven't seen it, it's it's, it's just unbelievable. The last Sunday of every month at Yuck Yucks, go and see. We're always bringing up new talent. That's what we're about. The show is developed. You know, our talent pool used to be very small. Now I've got a waiting list of people. I have to work a rotation. Yeah. Um, there's some. Uh, there's some. There's so many great young comics of. Uh, of uh, what's well, it? Comics of color now. Uh, <laughs> when we started, there were Ken- like five in the country. Yeah, you know, Kenny, maybe you can help. When, 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 when is the Jewish comic going to get a break in this business, Kenny? Come on. When will you? Ret- uh, I used to say they got their break <laughs> the Mondays after the Nubian show when they went to the box office and counted the take the night before. But um, <laughs> hey, you know, listen, but, man. Well, Lou Eisen did have Yids in the Hall, which yeah, especially was uh, they, they nobody uh, could sell out Christmas Day like the Yids. Oh, in the wait, hall. listen, man. Because <laughs> I tell you, every time I've promoted your show at Yuck Yucks, that's always what I say. I mean, the Nubian show is coming up. When are the, when's the Jewish comic going to get a break in this business? You guys had the cat skills for 40 years. Kenny Robinson and Darren Frost and myself on the 8th of July at the Rec Room in Toronto. This is and this a- weekend we're going to be in Thunder Bay, rank and vile. We're yeah. going to be, uh, we've got shows. Uh, what are these shows? That we've doesn't- got them. Yeah. Do you guys reach Thunder Bay? I hope so. We reach we're the whole base. world. Uh, I hope you're flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if we are, we better get in line today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're there Thursday and and Saturday at a place called uh, the Links. All right, man, we got to let you go. I hope it's sausage and not golf, dude. Uh, what a great pleasure! The uh, Kenny Robinson machine continues to roll on. Looking forward to seeing you in person, giving you a big hug. Okay, my friend. See you then on the eighth, man. Gonna All right. Be a mess. Good seeing you guys. Thanks. Good seeing you. There's Kenny Robinson. Like Thanks, his- man. 
That guy has worked with so many people, man. Everything, everyone from Kinnison to Kerry to Norm MacDonald. You know, I was going to, there's so many freaking stories. Russell Peters, he was part of that when Russell started out. Uh, just let yourself out, Kenny. Kenny uh, is, of course, Fred, our Gig Sky guest of the day. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about uh, getting away, I know you better start lining up now, but you definitely deserve peace of mind when you travel. Surf like a local with a tap of a button. Gig Sky offers a 100% data plan. Uh, all your data is run, you know, everything from uh, WhatsApp, FaceTime, Instagram. And if you need a hotel, rental car, or looking for things to do, Gig Sky Travel Rewards offers up to 50% cash back on over 850,000 hotels globally. Download the app today. Enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. And visit GigSky.com for more information. Uh, hey, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group's benefits, uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, listen, if you have a small business, say one to 50, 100 employees, that's a small business. And, uh, you know, you can have a benefits package. Go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free quote. Uh, we're talking prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapies. And there's travel insurance. Now there's a mental health aspect to it. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out what it's all about and how uh, affordable it is for small business. The whole concept is brilliant. You can afford it. It's a great thing to do for your employees. It's the Chambers Plan, chamberplan.ca. I think a week from Thursday, you're going to be participating in the Chambers, or uh, is it Tanner Financial? Or I think it's Tanner Financial. Tanner Financial. Tanner Financial Charity Golf Tournament. I'm actually hosting, uh, this corporate gig I'm doing is I'm hosting a, an awards evening for the uh, Chambers Plan people on uh, Monday. So uh, always great to be in the, the company of our supporters like that and happy to uh, to be asked to participate in their events. How about that? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to uh, do this now uh, so that it doesn't uh, run into any more conflicts. Uh, have a listen to this. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. See that note from Fred Ball? He's in for Monday. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Good. I'm in for five minutes on Monday. He's given us five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of surprised you didn't have a comment for you about how, you know, only sl- <laughs> really slow people watch. Oh, he's, he's thinking about it. Oh, yeah. He's I writing. Know. Yeah, I know. He, you know, <laughs> he's writing that material now. Mm. You know, speaking of stand up, I, I, one of the things I've always admired about Fred Ball, Fred yeah. Ball, is. Um, you know, the fact that he's gotten up on stage a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that for a guy that doesn't, I mean, he's just uh, the very first time. Actually, you came to me and said, I'm, I didn't really know Fred. Mm-hmm. And I arranged for him to do a few minutes, I think, at a Yuck Yucks. This is years ago. But we've done a couple shows where Fred's gotten up, even in recent times, in the last five or six years, where he's gotten up and done a few minutes. And it, you know, it ta- I really admire it. I, I do because. I'm not saying it's easy for me, but it's easier. I've been doing it for 40 years. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but for a guy that, you know, he's not a performer by nature, by uh, trade, I should say, just to get up and stand there and do it. And he's, he's pretty funny. 
You know, he's such a good sport. Last fall, we were up at Buddy Darren's cottage. It was uh, Fred and Darren and me and my buddy Doug, and we had a nice meal, and somebody came up with the idea. Let's turn this into a dinner show. We'll have dinner, and then Fred, you get up and give us uh, your latest stand-up. Really? Which he did, and we filmed it. I don't know if you ever saw I'm that. Not, I didn't. This is the first I've heard of it. Really? Yes, man. So, yes, we had a dinner show, and uh, again, lovely dinner, and Fred was all in, and, you know, we put the lights down and like, a little <laughs> spotlight in front of the fireplace, and Fred walked on uh, and uh, did, uh, what, five, seven minutes? And, of course, it was the usual Fred Ball brilliance. Well, how long ago was this? Last fall, like October, November. You know, it's I, I. Either you told me the story and I've forgotten. I just think that's that's so good, man. Good for him. <laughs> I tell you what, he's got balls, man. He's got a lot of courage to go and do. I wouldn't, dude. If you asked me, oh. if you said to me, "Hey, after dinner, do you want to stand there for seven minutes?" I'd be like, "No, <laughs> no, thanks." No, he's uh, and he's got you know, he's such a warm guy. That delivery yeah. of his is infectious, actually. And, and, you know, I tell you, he was so supportive, too. I, I, I want to mention him and Nancy. When I started back doing stand-up, I went up to Barry a few times to do some shows. And he and Nancy came to see me. And they were, you know, just, it was very nice. You know, he's just a great guy. And I'm looking forward to hearing him uh, talk about his uh, racing uh, experience when we uh, come back here on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle's standing by. I'm going to wait for Dan Duran. So, Kyle, if you can hear us, uh, hang on a couple more minutes. There's a great uh, quote I picked up yesterday. I love this stuff. This getting back to the Trump fuckery. This is from Carl Sagan. He says, one of the saddest lessons of history is this. And it kind of gets to what I was saying about the lie has been told so many times that if you've been on this sort of team crazy versus team normal, if you've been on that team this long, and as I mentioned, if you still support the guy, something's wrong with you. But the lie has been around so long now that anyone, McCarthy, all those people, for them to walk it back now, what would that take? Like, how, how could you walk back the last several years of supporting this lunacy, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And how do you explain those men? I mean, these are adult men who you would assume have some degree of intelligence, but they've decided to go that way. It's hard to believe. So here's what Carl Sagan says. One of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of it. We're mm-hmm. no longer in. This is the this I thought was fucking brilliant. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us, and it's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you've given a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. Isn't that great? Because that's exactly what's happened to the Republican Party. You know, it's, it's simply too painful now to acknowledge. That's why all these guys, Tucker Carlson, Jim Jordan, that's why they're you know they keep leaning into it because for them to say wait a minute this piece of evidence is going to turn me it's too they can't even admit that to themselves anymore and there's never been a better opportunity because this uh uh, january 6th commission i mean there's enough there that one of those guys could say you know what 
I supported this guy, but now I've seen enough. He's done enough damage to my country that I cannot support him anymore. But you're right. They just keep leaning into it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just, how do you explain it? It's perplexing is what it, it is. is. Mm-hmm. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. And again, it, you know, it explains so much in history. You know, you, all those people that followed Adolf Hitler, at some point, even in their minds, they were like, well, this is too much, but fuck, we're here now. Howard, yesterday they drafted um, some gun legislation. And the big story of the day was that 10 Republicans have put their signature to it. They, they agree with going forward with it. Nine of them will not be running for office next time. Yeah. So that, that shows you where they're at. What's best for the country? Those, pe- those nine guys are thinking, listen, I don't have to be reelected, so I'm just going to do what's best for the country. The rest of them want to be reelected. So they don't put their country first. They put party first, and they know how to be reelected. They need to go after that segment that doesn't want to hear anything about gun legislation. And, and you can use that, mm-hmm. that, what I just read, you can apply that mm-hmm. to almost any issue. You know, yeah. you can be a gun supporter. And you can believe in the Second Amendment, which, by the way, was written before bullets were invented. I don't know if you know that. The Second Mm -hmm. Amendment to the Constitution was there were still fucking jamming balls into a musket. So bullets were not invented. But if you lean into the Second Amendment as your, you know, your thing, and when 19 children are shot in the face... You still have to, it's almost to, again, as he says, it's no, you're no longer interested in finding out the truth because it's too painful for you to walk back your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much proof that the Bible, again, Dan, I'm not leaning, but that religion is all made up nonsense. But if that's your thing for a few thousand years, it's pretty hard to walk back unless Jesus comes back and goes, guys, guys, the fuck's going on here? I didn't mean any of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't walk on water. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? I'm a I'm a I'm a black Jew. Like, seriously, Jesus would have been literally he would have been he would look have looked more black than anything these you know that's what the thing is in, in the middle east at that time you know there there's uh they're called sephardics and they're very dark jewish people and he was one of them but you know now jesus is like this white dude <laughs> with long flowing hair well you know i mentioned that yesterday about the tampa bay rays i was thinking about because you can't help but think level to level and what's going on in their heads these eight players that refuse to wear the rainbow yeah symbol is it they despise homosexuals or any kind of different lifestyle and use the Bible as an excuse? Or are they so into the Bible? They don't really mind gay people, but they're so into the Bible that they can't go against it. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's what comes first. I don't know, man. Like I said earlier, in the when we were talking about Trump and those, I, again, mm-hmm. sad, pathetic people that gave him money. Those are the same people that Joel Olstein and Kenneth yeah. Copeland and, and the Grahams, they, that they've been bilking those people on. You know what? You, know, you want to talk about the big lie. The big lie is mm-hmm. religion. That is the biggest lie ever told. Of course it is. From top to bottom. 
Once and, and when you say, I mean, you take the sentence, once you give a charlatan power, and in this case, the charlatan being the sky muppet who's apparently watching every move we make, once you give that person power or that entity power, you almost never get it back. That's why cults are so hard to break out of. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kirby standing by. Kyle, stand by. Are you are, we, are you in a rush to get back to uh, you're busy or whatever it is? You're so busy. No, no, of course not. Oh, okay, all right. Because we've got to talk to Kyle. Dan Duran's news uh, is coming up here. Dan, are you uh, ready for the news? I'm ready. Sure. Got some readiness here on the go. Um, Freddie, are you pretty much complete? Uh, in terms oh, of I'm, your, I, I got. I want to talk about our good friend the Sherp. Well, you do because here's the thing. Before we get to Dandoran's news, I've got to catch up on a couple myself. So uh, let's have you uh, start with uh, the remarkable man that is the retirement Sherpa. Uh, yes, uh, Tim uh, Niblett is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim licensed on both sides of the border. He has helped many humble and fred listeners on both sides of the border. Uh, he's your guy, you know, during uh, tough times, which we seem to be going through right now, and through the good times, you know, he'll bring some logic and uh, calmness to the situation. If you have a portfolio and you're not quite sure it's up to scratch, you might want to talk to Tim. He'll have a look at it, give an assessment, go over to his team, or he'll give you the uh, the honest goods. You're on the right track. He's the retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblick, retirementsherpa.ca. Hey, Ontario, it's on. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sports apps, has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops. And so much more. You can bet special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action. Download the app and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. Download it uh, and understand this. They're offering two to one odds on a hockey team scoring a goal. Uh, every day in, Ju- in June, or at least while the playoffs are going on. So to get in the action, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you should know this, uh, 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call Connex Ontario, 1-866-531-2600. And as always, please play responsibly. Uh, all right, let's uh, get to uh, what everyone is waiting for this time of the show, of course. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now the cutting, sarcastic, aggressive uh, nature That is Dan Duran Always hiding, waiting in the weeds To knock a person down I'm afraid to, you know what Fred? He's got me on edge, I'm afraid to say anything you know, in case I get slapped again. Strike. He'll strike. <laughs> Here he is with Humble and Fred News. Let's talk gas. Now, we're all suffering with higher gas prices right now because why? The Russian sanctions, of course. Or so we thought. 
So with the crude prices, it turns out that all this cutting back on Russian oil has increased the price of crude and has actually generated more oil and gas revenues for Russia than pre-Ukrainian conflict days. So oil revenues have increased 50% per month since the beginning of 2022, according to the International Energy Agency. Wow. That's showing them, huh? No, I saw a report yesterday, and all the McDonald's have been, uh, the McDonald's over there have been rebranded as Tasty. And it's the same food, but all the restaurants are open now, and all the Russians are in there eating it just like it's a McDonald's, and they just don't (laughs) care. Just another example of the adjustments they've made towards the sanctions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the reporters over there said they don't see real any, you know, all the shelves in the supermarkets are full, and everybody's going about their business in Moscow like they always have. So these sanctions don't seem to be taking hold on too many levels. Strange name, strange choice of uh, mm-hmm. names for a restaurant that used to be a McDonald's. Tasty should be yeah, actually it. should be tasty with a question mark. Maybe we don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> fucking tasty. How about gives you the shit? Was give you the shits? Not uh, did not not translate into Russian. <laughs> shit broth. Uh, well, that is interesting, Dan, and uh, it's kind of depressing. It is. But yeah, it is. Do? What can you do? It does ask the question, though, is that, well, what are we actually doing over there? Is, 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 are these sanctions actually working? Is this the right thing to do? I don't know. If he's, uh, if he's making more money from it now yeah. and, and hurting all of us in the process for no reason, you know. And over the weekend, uh, you know, he changed his position on why he's there. Before it was to get the Nazis out, mm. which people sort of bought into. Now it's, he's blatantly saying it's to take back territory for Russia. It's, you know, going back in history. He wants to reestablish uh, the old Soviet Union. Mm. And now it's got other countries freaked out. So where is he going to stop? Well, and the fact that, and it's horrible to say this, but... You know, the the Russian invasion now just seems so, you know, a few months mm-hmm. ago, like the I've read yeah. a story recently about the, es- the essence being that the novelty has worn off because the rest of us have now moved on to gas prices and summer and, you know, this it just goes to show you the nature of the news cycle and how. You know, at first it was like, oh, this thing is terrible. And now you're like, I, I'm not even, I get this thing every day in, in my inbox, a newsletter about the war, and I, I don't even, I barely read it anymore. You're right. It's flavor of the day. It's, remember the way it was wall to wall. Yeah. 24 hours on CNN, all the uh, news channels. And now it's the January 6th commission. Well, think know. about it. They, they brought all those CNN guys back. They, they were mm-hmm. over there reporting for a while and uh, from Kiev, and now they're all uh, back in the States. Uh, Dan Duran, do you have any uh, further uh, news for us? Again, I, I want to ask respectfully. I certainly don't want to get on your dark side. <laughs> I do have another story if we'd like to talk about it. Dan Duran has story number two, everyone. The new restrictive language bill... Uh, in Quebec, Bill 96, which was an update of Bill 101. Remember right. that, that bill? Yeah. So they, they recently updated that, and it's, it's starting to make things look uh, a little bit more restrictive in Quebec. It bothers me because, you know, Canada is a bilingual country, and Quebec is turning it into a... Uh, yeah, well, because they've... they've um, 
They've implemented the notwithstanding clause of the uh, Canadian Charts, uh, Charter of Rights and Freedom for this new bill. So there's so many things in this bill that are like going against all of the, the you know, the bilingual in this of the country. So one of the things that they, they did do is quash a study. This is what uh, CBC reported yesterday, that uh, they had a, commissioned a study to look at the effects of the language law. And they did point out in the study that it's impossible to learn French in six months. Which is what they want immigrants to do when they arrive in uh, Quebec, in in the country from, say, another country. So if your first language is, like, if you don't know how to speak French, you have six months to communicate in the language of your choice, I guess. And then after that, you've been cut off. And there's a whole list of of things, like doctors will be required to address their patients in French, for example. And then there's fines up to $30,000. And the revoking of status status of companies that... uh, uh, make uh, have repeated incidents of the employees communicating in other languages to people, and it, mm. it goes on and on. With with, I mean, I I get the point of trying to maintain the French language. The way they're going about it, though, it seems really restricted. It, I'm paying attention to it a little bit more than than I would have because my uh, my son is moving to uh, to Montreal. In the fall, well, let's so. use that scenario. So Colton's going to move to Montreal, and for the first six months, you get leeway before you have to start corresponding in French. Right. Yeah. Now, now, if he's going to school there, because he started out in English, he will be allowed to continue in English in the school of his choice, I guess. But in communicating with the government, like, you know, for tax yeah. reasons or... Or, or any, you know, any, you know, con- uh, any reason. If, he's yeah. doing, if you're doing a contract... Tra- example, changing your license to a Quebec license. Yeah. And if you're writing a contract like your your business and my business, uh, writing up a you know a business contract, the if if it's written in both languages, the French language will be the uh, language. If it's, if there's a dispute, that will be argue, argued on as opposed to the English version of it. So it could be that you sign an employment contract and you have no idea what's in it because you can't read proficiently enough yeah. in that language to understand some of the provisions of the. Uh, hey. The Hey, listen, uh, you know, a part-time job or a, a full-time job as a translator uh, looks like a good way to go, hey? Because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need documents explained to them. I, I, you know, I, I'm part of this thing, I, I, it just bothers me because I, I, love the, I love the province. It's a great place. Quebec is awesome. But they just seem to be, it's like, fuck, man, move, move on. We're all we've all moved on, and and I know you're, you want to hang on to the culture, and I get that, but I'll tell you, it's it's just gonna, it's not going to be good for the province because people are not going to want to move there. Isn't it like French supremacy, so to speak? Absolutely, it is French supremacy, but and for for yeah. decent reasons, but to make it so difficult for people to integrate into their society. And I'm right. going to tell you, I've told you this before: the most racist place I've ever lived is is Quebec. Right. Yeah, I've heard hands that down. But, but, Howard, when I say French supremacy and you say for good, what are those good reasons in 2022 when the world's a smaller place and communication is so so important and commerce involves so many different areas? Absolutely. How, uh, how is say, it a good idea? Because, from historically, I'd say historically oh. good reasons. You're right. That, and that was kind of mm-hmm. my point, too. Currently, those reasons are no longer as valid because we're all living on this planet. And if you want people to come to your province for commerce, they're yes. going to say, fuck it. I'm, and business. Are going to be. Like, I don't need this aggravation. I'm not going to open up a business there if I have to have all my employees. None of my employees are going to move there. It's like the Second Amendment. It was written for different times. Yes. 
and the times they are a changing. Um, okay. Kyle Kirby. Sneezing. Sorry. You okay? Yeah, I had a little you, sneezing Howard. attack. Thank you, Fred. May the Lord bless you, May Howard. the Lord bless and protect <laughs> you. <laughs> Kyle. Well, hello, just hello. Give us your cockamamie story about why you haven't been here for a couple of weeks and, you know, why you can't Maybe produce. because we haven't been. Yeah, there's that. But I want to know from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's been uh, it's been some chaos. So it started off with my my aunt unfortunately passing away. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had to head up to Ottawa for her funeral. Mm-hmm. So I was up there for a few days. With the Hold family. on a second. Well, sorry for your loss. What, what, what did she? How old was she? Uh, she was. Pro- I think she was in her late sixties, mid to late sixties. Really? Oh, yeah. It was unfortunate. A- she died of uh, lung cancer. So oh no. But I mean, you know, as sad as that is, you can still throw a little content to the show. I mean, maybe that I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Kyle. I'm just kidding. Relax. Millennial. You get over you. uh, You grief with humor, right? So, yes. Grieving with humor. That's our show. Your aunt. Was she a smoker? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is what did it. I know. Although we met a couple of people over the years that got lung cancer and weren't smokers. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. possible. Okay, so, well, uh, and uh, and so now that we're back, I, I I said to Dan, I can't remember. You sent us this. I think we played it. The movie trailer. We've had that for a couple of weeks, have we not? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kyle, uh, I, we thought this was well done. I think we've played. Guys, have we played this on the show? Yes. Well, we're going to play it again. In a world where everyone is politically correct, two men decide to change the fate of mankind forever. Howard Glassman. I just remember those early boners, you know, and you'd have the snow dance. <laughs> and Fred Patterson. Uh, do you want to go from shit to piss? Come together to create the best podcast experience ever. If you don't take my word for it, then you're just a pansy. That <laughs> was literally the worst. I, no, I, you know what? I, that deserved websites was horrible. Hang on. Here we go, Dan. Humble and Fred. Truly independent. That's 10 out of 10. That's 10 out of 10. <laughs> Dan carried a lot of it. Watch what you say well, to Dan. The editing, the editing was good, I gotta say. Watch and the, the clip finding was pretty awesome. Very good. And watch what you say to Dan, Kyle. He's like the roast master. <laughs> he roast you. And I believe in the email that Dan sent to you. It's what he does. It is. Oh, is that what he said? Oh, yeah. Dan. It's, it's what I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm Dan Duran. I'm Dan Duran, and you're not Dan Duran. Oh, man, has that been mischaracterized? Mm. Whatever I said in the email was, okay, you are the producer. I am right. the voice talent. This is what right. I do over here. So mm-hmm. you you direct me if there's something, because I want you know him to feel that he has every opportunity to improve, change, tell me something right. that he wants, because that's how... <laughs> That's what you do into the real world. That's what you would be doing in this. Let's hear. Let's hear how you're going to say "ouch" on stage on Thursday night. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, do you know that when Dan Duran goes to a restaurant and it comes time to put the tip, he just he actually he says, "Well, I'm going to give you a twenty percent look at my wiener." Did you ever know? (laughs) If he really likes your service, he'll give you twenty five percent look at his wiener (laughs) because that's what he does. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, good job, Kyle. We'll be back. We're going to be here next Tuesday if you want to join us, you know, some new content, put together some new... Uh, how many hours have you uh, clocked working on the show? 
I think of um, about a hundred or so. All right, man. So you got about sixty to go. So let's let's start let's start it up. Let's uh, get that. Uh, let her get, get her done. Let's eh? get her done. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, Dan Duran's news this morning uh, brought to you by HealthGage. HealthGage.com is where you go to find out about the Phoenix. We're all wearing it, and uh, for good reason. If you're looking for a daily, you know, kind of look into your a snapshot of your day-to-day health, a lot of these uh, sort of devices are getting very popular, but this one is unique, is that it's not just calories and step counts. It's got all that. But if you want to know about your blood pressure, your temperature, your heart rate, it's all there. And you can also share this information with healthcare professionals. It really is a unique offering. And now get the HealthGage Phoenix at healthgage.com. 15% off. at You just use Humble Fred HG as your uh, promo code. Get the watch and get healthier. Healthgage. Healthgage.com. Humble Fred HG for 15% off at checkout. Tomorrow on the show, uh, the retirement Sherpa will be here for his uh, weekly visit. As well, our guest will be Chef Jordan Wagman. I'm having a sneezing fit here. Are your allergies uh, pretty good there, Dan? You usually... uh, I mean, is that okay to ask you that? I don't want to... No reaction to uh, anything that the uh, nature's uh, delivered so far. Yeah, my my allergies are more around cats and dogs and oh. horses. Yeah, and you don't have any allergy problem, eh, Freddie? Uh, when I cut the grass, I find myself uh, sneezing afterwards. That's about it for me. As far as the pollen goes, that bothers other people, and you know, ragweed and such. No, I'm fine. I find that uh, I come in from, I have no problem during the actual playing of the golf, which I do on some frequency. But I find when I come home and my eyes come out, like I, I all of a sudden will get a little bit of burning, like at the end of the day, like there's, I guess the, the pollen is built up or something. Oh, like you used to get in your pee-pee, the burning. Or no, different, yeah. Type of thing. <laughs> different burning. Yeah, different. Hey, well, you're, with all your, you're burning all over. <laughs> my eyes are burning. My wiener's burning. Beds are burning. Yes, Dan, question? And, and, and No, I was just wondering with all the time you spent on the uh, golf course, yes. the, uh, the lawns there, the greens and all of the, uh, the fairways, are, yeah. are, aren't they chemically uh, massaged with you know herbicides? And her, yes, you know, they are. Are you absorbing? Uh, should you get yourself tested for too much of that stuff? I don't have an answer to. I don't know how they maintain these golf, uh, golf, golf courses. courses. Are allowed to use stuff that the average person can't. Okay. Um, I will tell you this, though, Dan. Legitimately, when I was a kid, and maybe you remember doing this too, but when I was a kid, it was routine for you know to take a golf ball and just like lick it or like to, to clean it, like you know to to lick it. I, I wouldn't do that now. I mean, I'm I'm serious. Like I would literally just lick it clean. But now I don't do that, Dan. Well, that's a progress. Obviously. It is progress. Yeah. And the last time I played golf, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't see any ball washers on the course. Is that uh, uh, COVID banned? Now? Well, it depends on the course, but a lot yeah. of that stuff was put away for COVID, and it didn't come back. You know, the last time I was golfing, and this may have been it, Dan, with you, 
I was thinking, where are the ball washers? Mm -hmm. There's no ball washers, and it's starting to annoy me. And then about the 16th hole, I noticed the ball washer was on the cart, the side of the cart. Yeah, that's right. And uh, often you see that. And and I remember that day going, oh, all day long I've been looking for a ball washer. I've been licking everyone's balls. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) To keep them clean. Freddy. Freddy now. And there it was. Hey, Fred, my ball's dirty. Could you come over here? (laughs) Not that one, the right one. And there it was on the side of the cart. Well, this is a great segue as we finish off today because I had something <laughs> With happen. Getting up, Howard, getting up in the cart and maneuvering yeah. the balls into the washer is very hard. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when how do you when if Darren wanted one of his balls, do you like kneel down or do you have him like hike up his leg? Fred, can you just lick a right ball for me? I <laughs> uh, I was going to say that uh, yesterday I did something that uh, what I'm trying to think how many times I've, I've well I. I it was kind of a unique thing because I was playing a match at my golf course, and um, I, I played the entire round without making a bogey. Mm-hmm. I hit 17 of the 18 greens in regulation, if you know what that means. Mm-hmm. And I made uh, five birdies, and I shot almost shot my age. I shot 67. What? <laughs> I shot 67 yesterday. And uh, my what? goal, my goal is to shoot in the. Uh, my goal is in my sixties. I want to shoot my age. Now, last year I came close. I shot sixty six, but I was sixty one. So it's the same difference. At sixty two, I've now shot sixty seven. But uh, which is not. It's not that I do it all the time. But I've shot in the sixties. You know, a few times. Obviously, I've shot. I shot in the sixties already once this year. But that's sort of the closest. I'm still at the sort of five year gap mark. And there was a couple moments yesterday where I thought. You know, I could probably, I just was sort of thinking, man, if this keeps up, I'm going to shoot like 64 or 65. Mm-hmm. But uh, I shot 67, so that was kind of cool. I guess. Yeah. And needless to say, we won our match. But uh, yeah, it was good. Why, what, what did your partner? He shot, uh, well, it was a, it's a combination. So oh. he shot 74. He's a really good player. And uh, well, we, well, we had to, we played two guys. We had to give them like 18 and 20 shots. Like they were, doesn't, you know, they were, it's a fun little, you know, club thing and you know you just play against who they put you against and uh mm-hmm. and they were really nice people they they seemed to enjoy watching me shoot 67 as well which was kind of neat no well congratulations that's something yeah it's crazy yeah it's yeah. weird do, it's do a, you wash what's that dan I was gonna, do you wash your balls then <laughs> yeah i, I watched i basically what i do is i take the the golf ball after a yeah. hole, and I have a I have a towel. The towel's yeah. wet. I clean the golf ball, and I I move on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that, uh, that. Remember that old story? Apparently, it never happened. You know the Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Arnold, Arnold Palmer, Palmer story. Yeah. It never. It never really did happen, did it? I don't think so. Well, you go ahead uh, and tell it though. It's pretty well, legendary. Arnold's on uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny, and Johnny says, to "Arnold, is there anything um, Mrs. <laughs> uh, Palmer does before a match to give you good luck?" And Arnold says innocently, "Yes, she kisses my balls." <laughs> and then Johnny comes right back with, "I bet you that makes your putter stand on end." Yeah, I said, well, I, if it didn't happen, it should have. It's a funny line. Yeah. Now, would they even have allowed that? Because that show was taped traditionally, would they even have allowed that to be broadcast? Or maybe that maybe that's the story. It happened and it never got to broadcast. Uh, I don't know. 
Uh, anyhow, kids, there you go. There's another show. Hope you've all uh, enjoyed it. <clears throat> uh, Kyle, thanks for your participation. Do you have any questions before we let you go? No, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Okay. Hey, buddy. Thanks, pal. Uh, and thanks to uh, Kenny Robinson. And again, as I mentioned, tomorrow, Chef Jordan Wagman will be our guest. In the meantime, Dan Duran to say, uh, hopefully, I haven't offended you again, um, <laughs> to say so long, Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gage, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. Email us at humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, be careful around me. I could snap. Like and subscribe. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations and the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?